Look at the Boga Honey Podcast. That's why I, I tried not to have camps on my bow. I don't have to deal with slippage or anything Shut like up. that. You just put a new string on there, you're fine. What is Boga? But seriously, that's the dumbest thing it ever. Re- it go- I am all about Just strap it to your pack. Really appreciate the fact that you're from Michigan and not Georgia. You don't want to be the next Mark Kenyon. No. I'm a shit show. <laughs> that's, that spot's taken. You can see how pathetic Jared's face is right now. <laughs> because that's how it looked. It was just like, is this good enough? Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few of our partners that help make this podcast possible. First up is First Light. Great camo, fusion, cypher, you get to pick your option, or you can go that new ash gray color. Uh, They make fantastic merino, they make great stuff for elk hunting, great stuff for hunting down south, great stuff for deer hunting by us. Uh, So we rock it all year long, we love it. Check it out, firstlight.com. If you guys are in search of a new pack, then you guys have to check out the Seek Outside Short Tail. It's designed to cover three main uses, which are the western big game hunts, it's tree sand friendly, and it's great for backpacking long trails. And it can pack out close to 200 pounds. You could carry out a Jared. You can carry out one of me if you use want. The, use the promo code BOGA, all caps, for 5% off your order. Jared's sold separately. If you're looking to get into the tree saddle game this year, then you guys need to check out Trophy Line. These guys have been around since the 1960s, and they've been doing it ever since. We're going to be rocking their Ambush Light tree saddles this year. They're lightweight, they're comfy, and they're extremely easy to use for that beginner. Head over to their website and use the promo code BOGAHUNTING10 for 10% off your order. If you're looking for a quality, handmade, top-of-the-line traditional bow, look no further than Bivouac Bow Company. Jim and Georgia there are excellent boyers, handmade, custom. They are precise and they make fantastic shooting bows. If you're looking for a great bow, check them out, bivouacbowco.com. So if you guys are like me and you find that buying new arrows can be completely cumbersome and annoying where you have to go to the bow shop and have them cut your arrows and glue in the inserts then you guys need to check out vector custom shop all of their arrows are purpose built meaning they're going to take your draw weight your draw length and a bunch of other specs that you want and they're going to actually make the arrow for you and then send it to you and they have direct to consumer prices so check these guys out vectorcustomshop.com there are a lot of good apps out there but if you're a hunter and you're looking for a do-it-all app, check out HuntWise. First of all, they have GPS software that tells you where you are, where boundaries are, if you, you can share locations. But it's also a, a community of hunters where you can all share what you're experiencing. We'll post there pretty regularly. Actually, that is where I have my only social media account. So if you want to see what's going on in my mind, go to HuntWise and check us out. All right, welcome to another episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast. We're continuing our month on scouting, and today we've got John Altman with us today. John, how are you? I'm doing great. It's good to talk to you guys. Yeah. Yeah, so John, for people who don't know who you are, you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, so I'm John Altman, and I'm a a hunter from Maine. I've been here for about 25 years in the state and uh, pretty much, you know, spent most of my hunting, you know, career just kind of chasing big mature old white tails so old yeah. mature main white tails yeah yeah how'd you yeah. uh how'd you get started hunting 
so I, I kind of came to deer hunting late in the game. I think, you know, I, 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 uh, I grew up hunting, you know, birds. I grew up on the Eastern shore down in Maryland and we certainly did a lot of uh, waterfowl hunting and stuff like that, but I never really had anybody to take me out into the woods deer hunting. And, um, so I kind of, I kind of took myself to it, brought myself to it when I was about 20, early twenties, I think I was 21. I shot my first deer and, um, I didn't have any idea what I was doing. Right. You know, I, 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 I was in the woods with a slugs in a double barrel, you know, shotgun. And, and the next thing I know, I, I shot a, you know, what I thought was a great buck, you know, a six pointer. And, and, uh, and again, I just, I it was kind of a figure it out as you go kind of thing for me, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's kind of how I got started hunting deer. And then it was just, you know, it was just kind of endless after that. <laughs> <laughs> you got bit so by the bug. You, you got hooked yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. I got hooked. I got that. I definitely got hooked. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Tom, you're going to have to edit that out. Sorry. I was leave it in. Trying to hold in that sneeze. It just wasn't going <laughs> to no, okay. I hope it sounds really manly yeah. on the recording. Cause sometimes when I sneeze, it's like a girl sneeze. It kind of sounded yeah. like, a little, like a little mouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you got the hunting bug, um, and that's, yeah. you started hunting. You've been hunting for the last 25 years. Now, what do you do right now? You know what? Uh, you mind telling everybody kind of what you've been working on and, and how you and I got in touch? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, I found myself, you know, in Maine, I was a bill, I'm a building contractor as well. And so I, 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 I kind of came to Maine to, to chase that, you know, where there were a lot of really great houses and still are being built on the coast. Yeah. And so that's what brought me to this part of Maine. And I, before I knew it, I was renovating an old farmhouse that didn't have any running water or power. And, it backed up to just an endless, you know, amount of uh, kind of a woodlot that I was able to to hunt in, and um, that just that just sort of launched me. You know, I could I could walk, you know, I could walk all day back there and and uh, and just kind of keep going. And so that was that was sort of how I I sort of started, you know, chasing big deer really, right. um, because we had a real diverse sort of habitat back in there and. You know, it was kind of, kind of a university to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So you started kind of getting more into it when you moved into this house. Um, and yeah. Yeah. You started. When did you start filming? Because you know, because just for, for for the people yes. that are listening, I mean, I, yeah. I first got in touch with you after watching the Sea Buck series you guys have on on the Real Tree. Is that three sixty right. network three sixty five or something like that? Yeah. Which is a really cool project, but I mean, before we get into talking about that, you know, what? How did you get to that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I don't know. I I always had a photography bug. I think my my father handed that down to me, and so I always had a camera growing up. And Jared got the photography always... bug once. Some antibiotics really wiped that out for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I always had a camera, you know, and yep. so I I love sort of documenting and storytelling through that, you know, and then you know, these video cameras came out and that was about the time, you know, I started really hunting with my kids. And, um, so I just, you know, I had one of these, you know, little cheap, you know, video cameras and, and, uh, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And we used to, I used to take the kids out and film them climbing nice. up now yeah. the trees mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And, and, um, so that, you know, that sort of 
I think, you know, my son, William, you know, he, he does a lot of work for Donnie Vincent and, and, um, he's made a career out of it. And, you know, so he, he got it from me, you know, and, and so we were, we found ourselves managing a farm in Maryland. This was about, oh, I don't know, what, uh, 10 years ago or so we were managing a farm down in Maryland on the Eastern shore that just sort of was something that kind of paralleled my building career. And um, when we got down there, we just kind of landed smack in it. And, you know, we had a bunch of really good mature whitetail running around. And, you know, William was just sort of out of high school and, and trying to figure out, you know, where he was going to go with his life. If he was going to go to college or was going to just kind of start off in another direction. And, and, you know, he obviously grew up hunting hard and um, had the photography kind of bug as well. And next thing you know, you know, a camera showed up, you know, the UPS driver brought a camera and, you know, we were, we were literally grabbing the box and ripping it open and, and, uh, running into the woods with it. And I think, I think that week we killed two smashers, you know, on film. That awesome. week. You know, we found ourselves in the tree and we're like, how do you turn this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> like we couldn't even figure it out, you know, and, and we finally got it on and, you know, big buck came out, but that's how, you know, that's, that's kind of how the, the sort of professional filming career kind of got, got launched down there. We filmed, a lot of hunts together down there and that was right about when social media was really you know starting to kick in and William was able to really put himself out there that way um in through those you know social media channels and the next thing you know he was getting calls from oh some of the some of the bigger you know name people and they Mm -hmm. were saying hey can you do this can you do that and i love your photos can we use that we want to use this in an ad you know and we did some early on stuff with uh sika when they were kind of making their launch with their new with their camo patterns and yeah and uh william did some work with jeff jeff simpson and then next thing you know he was working with donnie and you know and he and he he was just buried in it so that that was sort of his launch and that's and then you know this this sea bucks sort of spawned out of some of that just from being around you know william's you know sort of entrance into sort of that whole professional sort of videography world you know um and and so you know, we always we always had a camera, and we always have a camera. So we and we love telling stories that way. So that that's kind of how Seabox came together. And Seabox is a collective effort. You know, I mean, there's we have quite a few partners in that. Yeah. You know, um, and so it's there's really a bunch of us, and we all have a lot of hunting skills, and we all have a lot of you know filming skills, and so it, it's kind of a collaboration really about the Northeast. Yeah, I mean, you're slowly releasing these as you you go. They're they're great to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, give us a like a ten thousand foot view of what what Seabox is and what you guys yeah. have been doing over there. Yeah, so I I think you know Seabox just really represents how you know we hunt in the Northeast, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people can relate to it. You know, they're not necessarily hunting you know the same way that we are, but you know we're basically in their backyard. And I think that that's just something that's, it's very kind of comforting, you know, so much of the content that's out there, you know, especially on the, on TV and on the, on the platforms, on the bigger platforms, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of it's out of touch, you know, for a lot of people. And, um, it's like, you know, they might get their one week, you know, on, on a hunting trip and they might be surrounded by some big deer and stuff like that. But, but it's, it's, 
pretty far out there for most people. And I think we're trying to make it real, you know, yeah. and we're trying to show that, you know, we, the Northeast has a lot to offer. We have a real diverse, you know, sort of several different styles of hunting that you can kind of latch on to depending on where you are. And um, I mean, we, you know, in Maine, our, our thing is we're kind of expedition style hunters, you know, where we, we really go for it. You know, a lot of times it's multi-day, you know, if not week-long hunts, uh, we're camping out, you know, and, you know, that's kind of the direction we take it. But then the show goes all the way to the other spectrum and it's kind of a suburban, you know, uh, yes you know, a, approach to hunting where we have really big mature whitetail as well, you know, so we're so and then we got Brett in the mountains, you know, hunting high altitude, you know, mountains in, in New Hampshire. And, um, you know, so so we're kind of trying to, to cover, you know, the eastern seaboard, if you will. And I think that's sort of how sea bucks came about, you know, we're all connected by the water these states that we're talking about, right? And we have, you know, big mature whitetails. And, um, we all love to pursue them and and uh, kind of. And you guys don't get a ton of publicity, you know. The the East, I mean, every, you hear all about the the Midwest giants, yeah. or you yeah. know the the mountain bucks and and you know all the adventure you can have out there. But I mean, Maine is is wild, and you guys yes. have along the whole East Coast, you have great hunting opportunities. Yeah, yeah, we do. I think that you know, I think a real challenge is that, you know, it's just a lot harder. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's like, I, you know, I, I can go to, I can go to hunt in Illinois and I can, if I have a, a, you know, a week long stint and I'm going to sit all day, there's a pretty good chance I'm going to have a, have a, at least a, a a good encounter, you know, with a mature whitetail, you know, um, you know, New England's, particularly Maine, it's just not that way, you know. Um, it, it just isn't It isn't going to happen as quickly. And so I think that's why there hasn't been a whole lot of content yeah. coming out of the Northeast because, you know, it's just people realize that it's going to be really, really hard to, pr- to produce it. But, you know, our approach is that we have, you know, we're, like we're covering multi- multiple states, you know, we have different hunting styles, and um, so we have sort of a, a bank of, of, of info, you know, always coming in um, that we can make shows out of. Yeah. And, um, I mean, last year, I, I think we we surpassed our, our sort of wildest dreams, you know. I mean, we really – we were really happy with what we did in terms of what we captured and with encounters, deer on the ground, yeah. and just, you know, just sort of telling the story, you know, and so. Well, you guys put – I mean, if, if you're willing to talk about it, an especially special – deer in the ground mm-hmm. you in particular yes. you want to yeah. you, you yeah. want to you know run so and i want to tie this this is a little bit of a segue jared nice. to uh Good. to the topic for for the week but scouting right you, you get yeah. a chance at a buck you've named bigfoot um right give us a little background on who like who this buck was yeah. how you scouted him and then yeah. we'll, i probably have a lot more questions yeah for you. yeah sure so bigfoot is a deer that we found we're we're trying to figure all this out exactly. We found Bigfoot um, on an island. Uh, this, you know, a lot of what we do is this coastal island thing, which is a whole unique opportunity in itself. Um, so you're boating out we, to these islands that are in the ocean. Yes. Yeah. That's usually cool. that requires like you know a, a few mile crossing. Um, and then, you know, we have a lot of islands in Maine, so, you know, we're kind of all over the place. Um, but we found him on an island, um, five and a half years ago, five years ago, I think it was. And 
you know, we identified him as a, as a mature whitetail and, you know, um, he, he obviously was on our list and yeah. on our radar. And then we kind of continued to, to keep an eye on him and, and we hunted him for sure. He was definitely a deer that we hunted. He, he had a fairly small core and we, you know, we just collected information on him with trail cameras. We never saw him you know, during, during an open hunting, well, we never saw him with our, with our eyes. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and, um, I think the long and the short of it was, it was, it was a really, it was a long haul with him. Um, we, <laughs> we were very frustrated at times because we couldn't really figure out quite what was going on. You know, we'd get pictures, we'd get pictures of him and then he'd disappear. And I think really what it was, was we were spending too much time trying to get pictures of him, you know, <laughs> so and you're thinking, you're saying you're almost scouting too much ahead of the season or, or what? Well, for this particular deer, we were, um, we already, you know, the first couple of years, we already knew what he was doing and where he was doing it. And, um, but we continued to kind of you know, hold that pattern. And I think it, it really, it really worked against us, um, because he was there, he was going to do his routine and, you know, by us going in and out of there and checking cameras, I mean, we don't, we don't use, we don't have any uh, cell phone cameras. We just, uh, not that I don't appreciate them and we probably should be using them. We just don't. So, you know, for us to check cameras, like particularly on islands, it's a big commitment. You know, it's, you, you know, usually it's an entire day. We go out and we, we go to multiple islands and check cameras and we run around. And you're, when you're hurrying in there to grab your camera, pull your card, batter it up, do whatever you got to do, you know, that the, these, these mature bucks, they just figure that out, yep. you know? And I think with Bigfoot, I really think that was the key, you know, uh, was just deciding not to try to, to pin him down. We all, like I said, we knew what he was doing. We made a decision early on in the season, in the scouting season. We said, you know, we'll put some cameras out in the general area, but where we're going to hunt him, like we're going to stay, just we're going to be like us. 500 yards away, yeah. you know, just leave that, leave that alone. Cause we already know what we know, you know, he's there, he's going to go there, you know? And I really feel like this year, or this last season, that was really the big decision that was made that got us you know in range of him i, I really do because because when he came in i mean if you watch that footage you can tell he was completely relaxed yeah. he was just that it was it was we were more or less in his bedroom you know and um it was the first time we'd been in there for a year you right. know so well yeah. i mean the and i the deer was huge i mean mm -hmm. he's yeah. in velvet which always makes yeah. him even look bigger and his, how much did that thing weigh how, how did you weigh him? Yeah, we weighed him. This was the first week in um, September that he was harvested, and we we weighed him. He weighed two hundred and eighteen pounds. Holy cow! Um, but he had just a, an enormous frame. I mean, I, yeah. I I I you know, he, and he had another probably month of of putting it on. You yeah. know, so I would. I mean, I would think he was probably going to get get to be about two. 30 you know yeah, something something in that neighborhood um which is which is a really big deer for us but but he was also 11 and a half years old you know, well or, or he or he may be older than that but our our trail camera pictures and everything put him at 11 and a half yeah. so um you know he was on the he was on the down i mean we we documented that for for many years you know his rack was getting tighter yep um, kind of high and tight 
Yeah, he didn't lose a lot of height, but he was he was it was all really pulling in. Yeah. Um, and you could start to see, you know, like we called him a pot belly deer. You know, like yeah. you could just see, you could just see the wrinkles, and you could see his belly hanging. He's down. He's got that Jared it, belly, you know, mm-hmm. just hanging down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jared. Jared's like Jared. Keep, Jared keeps it tight. About? Yeah, yeah. No. Well, it, you know, he. I don't. I've never, uh, I've never had another deer on the ground that compares to this deer in, in so many ways. You know, yeah. it's just he just was a really, really unique character. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a crazy, it was a crazy hunt. There was so many emotions tied into that. I mean, I, you know, you go, you go to a, a spot and and sort of try to connect with this animal for that many years, yeah. and then you finally do, and then you're just like. You know, you you're just completely disoriented. You're like, what do I like? What do I do now? Like, right. you know, <clears throat> like it, I know he's there. Really what, what's next? Totally anticlimactic. You know, yeah. and and but I think that you know I've had that experience with a lot of big mature deer, and um, that's sort of like the other side, right? You know, you you, you sort of you go through that, and um, I don't know. It takes my breath away just thinking about it now. You know, well, so so you know. I want to get into how you kind of found him, patterned him, and maybe how you're going about scouting yeah. other deer. But you know, it seems to me the like the older you know one of these deer get, the more predictable and the less their range is varied. I mean, it seems like they're mm-hmm. more scheduled and they're you know they're more easy to predict in a smaller yes. range. Would you would you yeah. f- agree with that? I would agree with that. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the time of the year that you're hunting them. But yeah. you know, we're able to start you know, in September, you know, hunting islands. And so that's a real bonus, you know, because the deer behavior in September is very different than it is in, in, in October. And then, and then it's extremely different from what happens in November. So, you know, that I think, you know, to, is, is really valuable, you know, piece of this whole puzzle, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, November, you know, rut hunting, is like, it's my least favorite thing, right. You know, because, you just you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where your deer are, you know. And but but September is golden. You know it really is. There's just so many things that you have going for you. Predictable deer, less pressure. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we stack it up. You know, Will and I, we have this sort of this uh, like joke that goes around, and you know, we do we do some of the craziest stuff, right? Like stuff that I just would be embarrassed to even tell people when it comes to deer hunting. You know, in terms of like the little, little details, but we look at it as percentage points, you know, and yeah. it's like, and, and sometimes, you know, I'll look over at one and I go, that's a point and a half, you know, or he'll, he'll tell me that's, that's worth five points, you know? And it's like, yeah. so we, we try to collect these percentage points along the way and they're not, any one of these things is not a big deal, but when you put 10 of them together, you know, they, they add up. And are you um, keeping track actually of these points or are you just kind of throwing it out there? Well, I think we just kind of throw it out. I'm going to start doing know? that, Jerry. Oh, that's, a, I don't... that's five points in our favor, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's little things. I think it's how we justify some of the craziness, you know? Um, because, you know, I mean, we are, we're definitely crazy about it, you know? There's <laughs> yeah, no good. doubt about it. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So, so um, I mean, you get lucky, right? Everybody gets lucky. I mean, I, I have a lucky buck. I don't know if you guys have a lucky buck or not, but you know, I mean, I think every, every really committed hunter gets one lucky buck in their lifetime. I you bank know? on that lucky buck. I, I put out lucky buck once you in a do. while. You do. Know, you do yeah. put out some lucky buck. <laughs> No, it's. But, but I, I like to bank know, on luck. I figure I'm a lucky guy. I'd rather be lucky than good. Right. <laughs> what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've never. I've got. Yeah. No, but yeah. It, it, it is nice. And actually, you know, when you talk about hunting the rut, I feel like that's when a lot of the luck comes into play. Because yeah. like you're out there. Yeah. If you're just out there, anything can happen. Yeah. Really, yeah. wherever you're sitting. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, it, it's like. It, it can happen, right? You can just be that guy that's in the woods and you shoot a giant, you know, seven or eight or 10 year old deer that's 220 pounds. Yeah. But, you know, you're not going to do it on luck over and over and over again. It's no. just not going to happen, right? And um, I shot one a few years back in a spot that we didn't really know anything about. We were just sort of early season, sort of poking our way into a spot. And this awesome, you know, mature six-year-old main stud with a drop beam, you know, came in uh-huh. and I shot him. But I mean, you know, that's like never going to happen again, you know, for me. That, like I said, that was my lucky buck, and yep. you know, but but you know, if you really want to be consistent and 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 you know, maybe not year after year, but you know, but try to year after year kill these big mature bucks. You know, there's a whole nother set of skills that go with that you know jared have you yeah. used your yucky lucky your yucky buck <laughs> your, have you used your lucky buck yet uh lifetime lucky buck Ooh, probably i think i have would already. you call the illinois buck a lucky that buck? was yeah i would call that a lucky buck though in the scenario that happened uh when i was younger just how we practically went out there from a five-hour car ride yeah. just threw on camo jumped yeah. out there and then you start seeing deer and it was like a fork buck, then a six point, yeah. then an eight point, <laughs> right, and right. then a ten point that came, you know, like twenty yards, you know, never expecting that. Yeah, I think my lucky buck has been cashed in already. Man. That's not a bad one yeah. to cash it in on. I have not used mine yet. You wouldn't yeah. call that one you had a couple I, years ago? I went out there, I prepared it, I had been scouting that area, I put trail cameras out, like I knew there okay. he was in there. I can't wait for mine. Maybe this is the year. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is the year. Yeah. It always feels like, though, when you're hunting, like, half of it's luck, no matter what. You know, it's like... Well, I think there is a bucket of luck, for sure, that you have to kind of, like, carry around. But yeah. but um, I think there's... I think it's this percentage point piece that really comes into play. Yeah. And then, you know, there's there's knowing when to take risk. You know, that's a really big one. I, I, I think of myself as a fairly risky hunter. You know, yeah. I'm usually willing to give up a fair amount to get into a place that, that I, if, if I really think he's in there, I'll give up something pretty significant to put myself there. And I, I mean, I, I have that, I have that sort of uh, heated disagreement with people all the time. And I'm like, no, I have to be there, you right. know? And it's like, well, you gotta, you're going to end up walking right through or this or that, or, you know, and it's like, yeah, but, but he's going to be there and I know what I'm going to give up and it's worth it to me. You yeah. know, it's a, it's a 60, 40 split, you know, in my favor or it's a 60, 40 split in his favor, you know, but still like I'm willing to do it. And, and I, I've always hunted that way, yeah. you know, and um, I, I feel like it's, it's worked out for me a lot in, in a lot of ways, you know, taking that risk. Well, Jerry, would you say you're uh, wh- how would you rate your, uh, your risk, 
taking percentage? Like, are you uh, are you a risky guy? I feel like I'm probably more risky. I I take more risks when it compared compared to me or yeah, just compared to you. Um, would you say that's true? I would say depending on the situation. Mm. Elaborate. Okay. I can't elaborate. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm more prone. I'll blow up a spot a lot faster than you. That's fair. Like, I'll, I'll jump yeah, right I, I in could, there. I could see that. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm you saying? Go right in. Where I'm just like, hey man, let's, let's hang let's, back. Yeah, and let's like, hang back. Let's look as we go in. Where you're like, oh man, I'm gonna go right in the middle, and we'll just yeah. scout it out, and we're, we're gonna like, just All right, get man. at. Yeah, and you know what? It's burned me a few times. Going being. Right oh yeah, way. it's gonna. Oh, yeah. It's definitely gonna burn you a few times, but. Mm-hmm. All right, but, so you know you got to be there, though. I mean, you know, if you if you you talk yourself right out of going hunting, right? It's like, <laughs> well, this I mean, isn't exactly right, or yeah, the wind's not right. The this, the that. You know, I killed a deer um, a few years back in Maine. It was it was it was a deer that I've been hunting for a while. Will and I have been hunting for a while, and he's twelve and a half years old. Um, just a giant, giant, you know, Maine buck. And the wind was all wrong. It was Thanksgiving Day. The wind was all wrong to hunt where I knew I needed to hunt. It was his home range. It was the end of the rut. I knew he was going to be there. The day before, and this doesn't happen in Maine, the day before, I saw nine does in a line walking through the woods. Ah, Like, that's just not something you see, right? Yep. And And I was laying in bed, and I was like, you know, tired. It was the end of the season. I'd hunted the first two weeks of gun season with my bow because I wanted to kill him so bad with my bow. Yep. It was it was cold. I had the I had my my rifle and and the wind was wrong and I and I I literally had talked myself out of going and um, and then I thought how I can't not go. There were nine does in there yesterday. Right. I said he is gonna be there and I went in. The wind was wrong. And I shot him at 18 yards with my rifle. Oh, wow. <laughs> Should have had that bow. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, he was so tired. His head was down. I mean, it was the perfect opportunity to shoot him with a, with a bow, you know. And, I mean, but, you know, I got him. But, you know, I really wanted to get him with my bow. But, yep. you know, but that happens. But But there again, it was like, you know. I just took that risk because because of other factors that were going on, and I just I wrote it off, and I said, "Yeah, the wind's not exactly what I want, but I got to be there," you know. Yep. So no, that's that's and that's key. It's just I, I feel like a lot of the the times when I'm hunting, that mental battle is always going on in my head. So I, you'll get up, and it's like, "Oh, the wind isn't exactly what I thought it was. Do I get down? Do I stay? Or which way do I take in?" I feel like. A lot of the time when I'm either walking out to my stand or sitting mm-hmm. up there, I'm I'm just deba- having those internal debates. Right, right. So um, let's play a scenario. You know, yeah. um, say you're you know you're you're hunting in Maine. You find a new island, right? Mm-hmm. Never been there before. Mm-hmm. It's public land, I, I would assume. How do you go about assessing the deer on the island, and then how do you go about you know kind of going in and, and getting an inventory of, of what's going on? Yeah. There? Yeah. Well, we can't do it without cameras, right? Because you can't see anything in Maine. I mean, it's so, you know, heavily wooded. So pretty much all of our scouting is done with cameras. I mean, I'd love to say it wasn't, but it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of that school where it's like, if, if, if we could, if we could put the cameras away, I'd love to, but this game that we play with big mature whitetails I don't really know how to play it in the Northeast without cameras. Sure. You know, I mean, I, that would be different if we were, you know, in, in, 
in an area where there was a lot of cropland and I could look over like three 75 acre bean fields, right. you know, in the afternoon and I could glass them and I could say that buck has been coming out in that corner, you know, consecutively for the last, you know, three days, you know, and, yep. but, but you can't do that in Maine. It just, that opportunity does not exist. So, so we're using cameras, um, and we're trying to, you know, we're trying to find these three-year-olds that we sort of start to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we get pretty excited if that three-year-old is still there when he's four. And then if he's five, you know, he's he's really got our attention. Uh, we find that deer move around a lot between like three and four. You know, they're real social right. at three. And then they get kind of like serious about stuff. And sometimes that doesn't work out for them and they move, you know, and we lose them right there. Um, but then, you know, if we can get that, if we can get that five-year-old, um, and sometimes it's, it's interesting, you know, sometimes it's about putting cameras out and verifying that he's not somewhere, you know, um, because that information is really valuable too. It's like, well, he's not over here. This is a good food source. It's only 500 yards away. But he is just not here. And it's like, okay, well, then you know something. You, yeah, you, you can know. cross that whole area off your list. E- exactly. And so, so you know, you really got to pay attention to that stuff as well, you know. And logging it, I, I think, is critical. You know, if you do it via your computer or if you just take, literally take notes. But, you know, I, I find that that stuff is really, really valuable. And then we're starting to come back to, like, year after year type information. And we're, and we're sure. like, this particular buck that we're hunting was here three years ago on this day. And he was here two years ago on this day. And, you know, it's – I don't know if you guys um, have ever read the, that seven-day rule article by Dan Cole. No, he's mm-hmm. a writer for for North American White Tail. You guys should read it. Everybody should read that. And he he actually he actually sort of is very good at articulating something that we f- feel like we have learned um, just by experience over the years. And that's the deer they they repeat, especially when they get older. They repeat their steps like almost to the day every week. And it's it sounds crazy or within the week. Yeah. Like, like, and, and at the same time, you know, and, and, um, I think he, you know, it's, it's a really hard thing to document, right. Cause everything's gotta be just right to document and say right. that this really did happen. It's a theory, but, but I really think it, it is happening and, um, and we can, we can document it just with trail camera pictures, yeah. you know? Um, and so, so I think having really good notes, you know, really good stuff that you can go back to year after year. If you're if you're doing if you're hunting these big mature bucks and you're going to follow them for a couple of years, I mean, yeah. you know, not obviously not everybody's into that, right? So, right. but we happen to be, and and so that's one of the techniques that we use. And and without the trail cameras, we would never be able to do that, you know. Because well, at that point, um, you're only really reading sign, which is obviously a great yeah. way to do it but you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to judge so much you know a deer's age i mean you can do some things like height of the rub on a tree or right. you know girth of the yeah. tree the yaw mm-hmm. if you will right <laughs> yeah right yeah 
you know, we collect the information and it takes multiple years and we've got some deer that we've got, you know, four or five years uh, on right now that we're hunting. And, you know, those are mature eight, nine, 10 year old deer. I think we have one that we feel is 11 um, right now. And, and, you know, so we, we, you know, we have a pretty big list and I mean, it's, it's, it's spread out. It's all over the place. Um, and it's hard to hunt all of those deer. You know, what happens is we kind of get, you know, we kind of get crazed about one or two deer, you know, and that's where most of our time and energy goes in. But William's going to kill on sea bucks. William's going to kill a real character, uh, a deer that we were after for a long time. And, you know, we'll, he spent, he, he literally left the day we started filming sea bucks, the actual hunting section of sea bucks. And he was in Alaska for 65 days. You know, when he no comes back, just a, yeah, just a no two and a half deal, month right? stint, no multiple, deal. multiple hunts throughout Alaska. He comes back and he's got, you know, I, I mean, I don't even think he, he hesitated to catch his breath. He was literally, you know, off the plane and he grabbed his rifle and he was into the woods and we were running around chasing him with cameras and, <laughs> And he kills this enormous brow time buck, you know, uh, deal we call brow time. And we've been hunting for, for five years, you know, just an awesome, awesome buck. Um, that's going to be, I don't know, one of the, I, th- I think that's probably the closing episode because that was pretty late in the season. But I like so, I've seen a you picture know, of that deer somewhere. Yeah, he probably, yeah, I think it was on a s- social media yep, post or something. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, those like 11-inch brow tines, everybody gets excited about those, right? <laughs> oh, man, they're almost taller than like the G2s. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it does happen. I mean, if you if you just kind of put your nose to it and keep going, you know, you, you just, like I said, you pick up those percentage points, you get a little closer and a little closer and, sometimes it takes several years you know so are these are these you know you're talking about these not eight nine ten eleven twelve year old deer are they public yeah. land deer or are these on your farm or you know how, how are you finding yeah. these things yeah yeah so so maine has this re- some interesting you know hunting regulations where you're basically allowed to, if if something isn't posted you can hunt it right I so like those. i like um, that rule <laughs> yeah now it, it gets a little more complicated than that because that's that kind of that's pretty much the way it is if you're on the ground and you're walking the minute you decide to get up in a tree you know you've got to have landowner permission and you know you get into this whole other thing so as a bow hunter it's not great as a rifle hunter it's kind of nice because you can you know you can you can grab your rifle and you can go and you can go and go and go you know now you do we do have posted land and it's more and more becoming a way up here but um i've never had problems finding you know just tremendous amounts of ground to hunt on you so, know it, so you're, it, are you saying just to go back you're, you're saying anybody's land is open to hunt as long as it's not posted or it or is this just non-private yep. land no no so for instance i have a farm we have a hundred acres and i don't post it so anybody that wants to can park on the side what? of the road and go walking down through my land and set up and 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 hunt wow you know yeah, yeah, that's that's basically the way it works. Now, landowner permission is always the way to go, right? Sure. I mean, you're going to avoid a lot of that. problems. We're, we're 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 much better hunters if we have landowner permission. I mean, I'm totally talk about percentage points. I mean, that's a huge, you know, piece right there. You, you the minute you get landowner permission, you know, you're it's a whole nother game because 
all of a sudden you have permission to be in a tree. You can probably cut some shooting lanes, you mm-hmm. know, it opens up all this new opportunity, but, but, um, but you don't have to have it to that just be wild. on the ground. Yeah. I yeah. feel like when I was growing up, that's kind of how, when I was young, that was kind of how I, I approached hunting. If I didn't see a sign, I'm just going to hunt it. <laughs> but you know, like, I, that's authorized just not the trespassing. Case. Exactly. Authorized trespassing. That's just not the case now. I've never heard of a rule like that. So that's good to know. Jared, if we ever want to just go out to, to Maine, we know where to go. Yeah. We know where to go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's funny. Just yeah. look for wherever there isn't signs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looks good. Yeah, well, Jared, we have, cool. you know, we have two, two signs that show up. It's the posted, it's this typical posted sign, and then we have access by permission only. Yep. And generally those people are, are, going to give you permission if you if you seek them out and ask them yeah and um, i just can't say enough about getting permission because it just it really makes you a better hunter you know all the way around it really does so. yeah you can use a lot more tactics to, to get you some points in in your favor yeah yeah now uh, one thing that i've noticed for scouting and actually jared this is going to play into uh, an activity that i've already volunteered you to do another one yeah can this, i win this is just no, I, this, there's no winning for you <laughs> no. in this one it's only losing <laughs> i uh <laughs> so i'm gonna i have got a spot i uh i scouted last year um ended up only hunting uh twice three times public land but i scouted i you know i had tra- trail cameras out in the summer got some great bucks on it and th- this is where you come in jared i'm gonna need you to come uh, help oh, me put crap. out some trail cameras uh, i got that new exodus camera i gotta start, start oh yeah it. i'm anxious um, uh, it's gonna be fun but so but the thing that i've i've seen happen year in and year out and a lot of guys have is you get them consistently coming in um you know august through you know maybe the second week of september and for us in Michigan, mm-hmm. our season opens October 1 for, for archery. Man, there's right. like an earlier doe season and, and youth mm-hmm. season. But for mo- the most part, um, October 1. Now, you get out there, and it, suddenly the woods is totally different. He's moved off his, you know, typical summer, you know, route. Poor areas. He's yeah. d- he's got a different area now. How are you adjusting for, for, for that type of, I guess, annual phenomenon? Are you, are, are you, are you asking me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... And definitely deer pat, you know, patterns change. I mean, you know, like, like I was saying earlier, like September is really so much different than, than, than uh, October. But, you know, I, I mean, we don't really have just one spot. Like I'm not going to hunt my September spot in October, most likely, you know, it's sort of like we've got, we're moving with the deer you know, in terms of, you know, how, and, and based on what they're doing. So, and I think, you know, some of that works for us because we have so much ground to hunt on, right. you know? Sure. Um, but, but, you know, people talk about this October lull, you yeah. know? Yeah, I was and, just going to ask you about know, it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think it's a real thing, but if you know where the deer is, you know, if you, if you have figured out really where he is he's gonna be there you know and again it's about it's about weighing out the the sort of odds and just getting in there you know because he is gonna get up i mean people say how do you shoot these big deer how do you shoot these big deer and it's like well like you know they get up and end up walking to you so it's like that's how you do it (laughs) lucky bucks yeah that's right yeah you just have to be there, you know, and, and it's a big time game. I mean, when we, when we we were negotiating on, on sort of uh, some of the stuff that had to do with Seabucks, I remember this question was asked and, and um, they asked us, they said, well, 
like, you know, how many days are you going to hunt during the season? And, and I thought it was a joke, you know, because I was like, well, like every one of them, you know, (laughs) it's like, I mean, that's really, and that's what we do in Maine in the Northeast. I mean, if you want to kill big mature bucks, I mean, you can't miss a day, you know, and obviously we can't hunt on Sundays and that's a great thing. I, Mm -hmm. I have people say, oh, I'd come to Maine, but you can't hunt on Sundays. And I'm like, yeah. I'm glad you can't hunt on. I need a day off, yep. you know, because a day of rest. You you do, but I mean, you just really, really, you just have to go and go and go and go, you know. Yep. And um, I mean, that's that's how you're gonna tip the scale. So, but October, you know, I mean, it, it's definitely a, a different behavior in October, and I and I think you kind of have to set up your hunting strategy based on that, you know, because. Yep. You know, it's just everything changes really quickly, you know? Yeah. So so going into 2020, um, yeah, the year of COVID, what's your uh, – you got any hit list bucks that you've got patterned and you got your eye on? I mean, you're, what, two months away now? You're, you're closing in on time. Yeah, we're closing in. Um, we do. We have a pr- what I think is a pretty healthy list. We have a list that resembles the list we had last year, you know, going into the season. Yeah. Um, so I feel – you know, I feel pretty good. We haven't done a tremendous amount of scouting yet. I mean, we're starting to, but but I'm not I'm not looking for new deer. I mean, I'd I'd gladly add some to the list right now, but I'm not you know searching for new deer. We're we're sort of following deer that we already you yeah. know know about right now. Yep. So, but we have oh my god, the list is huge in terms of like new pieces of ground that we want to get on and scout and look and you know and. I mean, you know, I know there's there's giants. There's giants out there. They're all over the place. You yeah. just you just got to go and find them, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, finding them finding them the first year, finding the year you find them is probably not the year you're going to kill them, you know. Yep. I mean, it just it's just kind of the way it works here in the northeast. So yeah, you, you identify and give them, you follow them, spend a couple of years studying them and and letting them grow yeah. a little bit and yeah, that's interesting. The, this deer that I killed a few years back, we called him the Ranger. He was 11 and a half. And he had, I I have him um, during the rut, I have him seven miles in a straight line apart from each other. So he wow. literally, his home range, he left his home range and who knows where he went, you know, to get to this other zone that we hunted. But it was in a, in a straight line, it was seven miles away. So feasibly, so the, he's probably wandering all around. He probably put double that on. Oh, anyway, you know, anyway, I mean, if I just put nat- natural, you know, things in the way, like heaths and mountains and rock ledges and like and all that, I mean, yeah, he he probably tripled that, you yeah. know, to do that loop. Um, so That's how are you going to find him? How are you going to find him when he's doing that? You know what I mean? Like you're not. that's that rut thing you know it comes back to that rut thing i mean you might get lucky but you know if that deer could tell stories think about the hunters he walked around right in 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 a little 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 uh episode like that i mean you know he he had everybody figured out well there's a reason he's that old yeah there is a reason that he's that old and uh he probably wasn't gonna die anywhere other than his home like his home range you know right right there that was the place to 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 catch him making a mistake you know and um you know i and i think a lot of the big deer are that way i really do well i I gotta say you're giving maine 
a good name, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to hear. I mean, <laughs> you've, you've rattled off, like, how many double-digit age bucks. I, I don't yeah. know that I've – have you ever seen in Michigan a 10-plus-year-old no. buck? I have seen one. And you want to know how I know? Because your dad. My dad shot yeah. it, and it was this buck who had some genetic malady where he grew these little nubbin. It was like a thumb. Like a thumb, Just but they'd kind of go out and – was they were they forward or back? It was like kind of downish. Yeah, kind of down. Weird. And so I think it was just assumed it was a doe, and somehow it just kept slipping past hunters. But other than that, uh, I don't yeah, see yeah. I don't see deer mm. like that around here. So I mean, like I said, given Maine a, a heck of a name, either that or you're just a fantastic hunter, and I, I would uh, assume it's probably a little <laughs> yeah, bit of both. Yeah. Well, Maine's got a lot to offer. It really does. It's kind of uh, I don't know. I feel like it's one of the best kept secrets right now. Um, but I, but, but that being said, you know, I don't, I don't think you're just going to, you know, you, you plan to come to Maine for a week and hunt, you know, it, it's, you know, it might happen. It might be your lucky buck year, you know, but, yeah. but there's a good chance that it's not going to happen. There's, I can't tell you how many seasons went by, you know, where, you know, we just didn't see a shooter, you know, or right. I think William, William counted up not this last buck that he shot, but the one he shot before that, which was two years ago, I think, or three years ago now. But I think he, he passed something like, you know, 18 bucks before he got an opportunity at that. And I mean, if you were, if you tell people, Oh yeah, yeah. I passed 18 bucks. You know, they're going to look in Maine. They're going to look at you and like, no, you no, you didn't. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, like nobody does that. Right. You know, 18 bucks in one season, but, but he did, you know, and then he shot, you know, a seven-year-old that, you know, was a super cool deer, you know, had survived a, a, a massive coyote attack. Half of its rump was, like, gone. I mean, this deer was, like, this deer had 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 a real story to tell. Just a you know? warrior. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's about time. It's about putting the time in yep. and, you know, and, and, and we do um, – with you know with great sacrifice to our families and you know we don't get to hunt other places i mean i can't tell you how supportive my wife is i don't know where you guys are at on that whole spectrum but Mm -hmm. you know she knows where where my passion is and and she you know i mean we have six kids we have a farm you know and and i i make a a, an absolutely incredible commitment to whitetail and you know and she supports me to do it and i i couldn't do it without that support so six kids he put you to shame jared you're only half i'm only on the three you got time you got time i'm like an old guy (laughs) (laughs) we're not spacing them off very far you are not you are like rapid fire that in right now holy cow i know i yeah good for you hey i got one i stuck with one because later on you know that means more hunting. Oh. No, but our, our our wives um put up with a lot too. I mean, just yeah. the fact that we spend you know hours every week talking to people about hunting mm-hmm. and taking pictures. Oh and yeah, all the oh, stuff yeah. that goes with just getting us out in the woods. Um, it, it's a big commitment, but you know it it definitely pays off. And it's of you know I like to think of it as there's a lot of hobbies out there. You know, there's whittling. Right. You know, there's you know making right. model airplanes. This Drinking I feel like at beer. least. The drinking beer, just, you know, recreational drug use. You know, yeah. we're out contributing good things. Yeah, we're bringing meat home. Yeah. You know, we're balancing yeah. the herd. I feel like we're, we're really doing it. Absolutely. 
for people, you know, and I, I want to thank you for taking the time. Um, you know, we really appreciate you sharing all the knowledge you have and like a little bit about Maine, which sounds just like an amazing place. Um, was there a little bit this summer, but not for hunting or last summer. Um, okay. So for people who are looking for more information, who want to see the sea bucks, um, where can they find it? Where they, where can they find more about you? Sure. So sea bucks, you know, it's, it's pretty easy. There's a, there's a platform, real tree, uh, 365, you know, it's a national platform. I mean, it's free to watch. Anybody can watch it and they're dropping. I think we have eight more episodes that are going to drop. We made 16 all together. It, it, you know, it started off strong with, with, um, Bigfoot and then it had a little bit of a lull, but now I think every episode, you know, we're harvesting a deer in every episode from here on out. And so it, you know, it finishes really strong. We're trying to tell the story, obviously. So that's, that's, you know, where you can find that stuff. You can find us, mainhunter.com. We have a website, um, main hunter official you know is our instagram and we're we're trying to be better at all that stuff like i i always say hey we're the guys in the trees you know it's like hard, <laughs> yeah. it's hard to do that but we're we're i mean we know the power that that it, you know that is there with all of that and so we're trying to get better about it um we're trying to have more of a presence so no it's excellent you guys have a great website i mean your social media is good so mm-hmm. yeah i was hooked yep. episode one by were the you way. yep oh, I, I watch them and i hopefully no one at work is listening because sometimes you know you're doing some mindless activities at work i'll throw <laughs> some uh, sea bucks on yep. and just that's a bogey tip yep. for the day yep. you want to pass yeah. your day a little faster you know throw on some sea bucks in the back yeah there you yeah, go yeah. yeah there you go yeah josh josh was the real hero this year because you know, he, he got to film Bigfoot getting shot, and then I got to film Josh, you know, shooting Patches, which they just dropped that episode. And then Josh was with William when William shot Brow Time. So, you know, Josh had a huge year because we all share this, right? I mean, we're we're this, like, really tight group, you know, yep. that hunts. And, and honestly, like, you know, I, I could have handed my bow to Josh when Bigfoot walked in and, and just the fact of being there would have been really honestly enough because really, you know, the shot, you know, I, I mean, most of us, we put enough time and we can make those shots when, when it's time, you know, but, but being there is, is, is a real gift, yep. you know? And mm-hmm. so, so I, I, I really like salute Josh for the effort that he made and he got to be there on all three of those, which are just monumental, you know, yeah, that's awesome. um, dear for us. So, yeah. Well, excellent. Well, thank you again. And, and for everybody listening, go check John and his crew out. And uh, thanks again for, for coming on, John. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Take care guys. Excellent. Yeah. You too. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast. If you guys like what you hear and want to follow along on what we're currently up to, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on and follow us on Instagram at Boga Hunting. Join us next week, and we'll see you then.